0: do you like games cool do you like fantasy football well you're here do you like games about fantasy football sweet i have the perfect podcast for you dynasty game night hosted by yours truly russ fisher matt price John Bosch and Rocky Petrella, we play games about fantasy football. You might learn a little something, but really we're just here to have fun. So if you like playing a game about a game about a game, then check out Dynasty Game Night, a proud member of the DLF family of podcasts. Who are some bad dolphin trades?
1: Welcome to the DLF Dynasty Podcast with your host, Dan Myler, Ryan McDowell, and Matt Price. Yeah, we are the DLF Dynasty Podcast. I am Dan, that is Matt, and Ryan, well, he's off in Disney World. uh, Yeah, Disney World uh visiting Goofy hanging out with Mickey doing all that stuff uh playing with the kids so we are just a duo duo this week Matt how you doing bud
0: I'm doing well man uh, I'm excited to talk about some some veteran news uh some running back yeah. we, we got we got Ryan the the wide receiver uh you know connoisseur I guess we could say and we don't need him for the running back episode Dan
1: yeah, let's do a running back episode. We're going to talk about the most recent news. That's we're going to hit that up in the uh startup, but we got uh it's I like what you put here. You put the RB episode, the, the running back episode <laughs> that we got because we're uh talking veteran running back targets for contenders and then we're going to blend 2022 and 2023 running back rankings. You know, we do the, um, the cornerstone rankings over there on DLF, Matt. And this is a fun exercise because it's really, it's really the running backs that we're investing in for the long term. So we're going to mix some of that veteran stuff, the, the short-term success with uh, some of that long-term stuff later in the show. But first, we got to get to this startup. The Startup. Yeah, we, we got to start it off with Delvin Cook, released by the Vikings over the weekend, Matt, and not really a big surprise, right? We, we heard all the trade rumblings, nothing got done over draft weekend, and then this kind of became inevitable, it felt, that the Vikings would release the expensive but very talented running back, one of the premier running backs, really, over the last handful of seasons in the NFL, um, maybe those that are locked into everything aren't very shocked, but I know some Viking fans up here in in Viking country, they, they weren't very pleased with what the Vikings did over the weekend.
0: No, I mean, it's interesting. I mean, it's are, were we just handing the ball over to, to Alexander Madison there? I guess, you know, Dalvin kind of wore down a little bit towards the end of the season, but it seems pretty thin behind him with just – you know the rookie from last year, Ty Chandler, and uh, Dwayne McBride from this year, but it makes sense from a team building standpoint. It does free up nine million in in, in cap space. Uh, you know, three three point one this year, I believe, and or next year, and five point one this season. Uh, so, like, it's I, I I get it, but like, it just seems pretty thin for a team that is pushing. Seems like it's pushing its chips in uh, and trying to build off of that successful 2022 campaign that ended in disappointment in the playoffs, you know. So it's a little bit of a strange move, uh, but we've been expecting it for a while. Uh, it's just interesting that there's no takers, you know. Just add them to the list of these running backs that are sitting out there, the running back names of old that we all used to rely on for our fantasy teams. Uh, there, there's a lot of them sitting out there, and Dalvin is now on that list.
1: Yeah, Dalvin's on the list, and, you know, what? what really jumps off to me is – that NFL teams continue to devalue that running back position. So we as dynasty managers need to continue to do the same really. And we're going to talk a lot, a lot about these young running backs. We have been over the last couple months, but we're going to, we're going to talk a lot about them today and then in future episodes as well. And we need to really take, take note really that running backs are a short, short shelf life. Really. We're looking at three to four year windows and that's even for the good ones, uh, you know you talk about a guy like delvin cook who's i believe only 26 or maybe going to be 27 right in there um a lot of a lot of a lot of times in the past we would think to ourselves well this guy's in his prime he's got he's got 2 3 years of prime production especially with a history of his, like his of putting up numbers you don't expect that kind of player to be released but there's been rumors circulated about multiple uh running backs some that have been released like zeke and then some that, that really haven't. And we could see a trickle down effect still, uh, in Cincinnati. Um, there's, there's rumblings about what's going to happen now, uh, around all, all over the league. So, um, I wouldn't be shocked if Joe Mixon is the next guy. Uh, I don't think anybody would be really surprised if Elvin Kamara becomes a name that's, um, on the chopping block, all those things could happen. And and really for us, Matt, it feels like dynasty managers should really not be shocked by this, but certainly take note that this can happen. And, and a guy that we can consider a franchise running back just, what, 10 months ago, 18 months ago, for sure, uh, can be on the chopping block and looking for a, for a new team and really to be honest with you there's not a lot of places where you you expect Cook to sign and then become the bell cow running back.
0: Yeah, there's there's really not um you know four straight 1100 yard seasons with a 1500 yard season thrown in there back in 2020 like this is a guy that you would think still has some production left in him but nobody wants to pay him at least yet. We had did have a rumor I think from Pelicero that said that, that it was a done deal with Denver. Then that was proved to be false. We've had Miami's name thrown into the the hat and that would put on a damper on, you know, a lot of our plans with that backfield, especially with the rookie A-chain there. Um, but I don't know, Dan, what do you think is the best landing spot? To me, it, it feels like every spot, like I, I feel selfish a little bit because every spot it feels like is going to mess up something that I'm doing with my running back groups on my teams, you know. But honestly, it does really feel like Buffalo might be the best spot. It, it's just a money thing. And Dalvin has said that, Dalvin has said that he doesn't want to play for a 4 or 5 million dollar contract which you know given what the running backs in this year's free agent class got and the, the players that are still out there on the on the wire uh there's you know I just don't think he's going to get that paycheck he's looking for so what is he going to settle for uh is he going to take a cheap contract to go play for a contender or just remains to be seen at this point what do you think his best spot is
1: It really feels to me like those comments about not wanting to play on on the one year cheap contract yeah. point to Point to him waiting this out, waiting for an injury during training camp potentially and trying to get paid that way. If that's the case, I don't know if there is a great landing spot. Honestly, I like what you said there about Buffalo, but they're not committed to a running game. If you have Delvin Cook on your dynasty roster right now, you got to be just petrified of what kind of production you're going to get out of him because best case scenario, he finds his way on into a committee. Uh, you know, even if he were to end up in Miami, that's a first and second down role. He's not gonna be on the field on passing downs. So uh, you know, the best best case for Delvin Cook was to take the pay cut and stay in stay in Minnesota. And that that either wasn't on the table or Delvin said no way.
0: And I, I wonder if ultimately that's what ends up happening. Um, but from a from a diocese perspective, this is like the classic case of get out a year early rather than a year too late. I think, you know, I think you're still going to get some production from him, but like, I don't don't think you should be moving him at this point. And we have some recent trades in the trade finder that says that to me, Uh, we have a Pierre Strong and a second for Dalvin Cook, Dalvin Cook and a third for Kadarius Tony and a second a 2024 second and fourth like those kind of deals like i mean if you're just like like are you a rebuilder and you're just trying to take what you can at this point there was two instances one with a 1.11 this year and a 2024 single 2024 first i think those are you have to take it if you're trying to get out or even if you're a contender i think i'm taking any first form at this point but those other oh, yeah. deals where you're getting less than a second or you know a second and a, a backup piece like strong who's you know a fun player but like it just feels like there's more production there to be had uh so i'm i think i'm holding at those really reduced prices
1: yeah if you're most likely the best offer you're going to get is a second round pick and and really yeah. honestly at this point it's probably a second round pick a year from now and if you need yeah. any kind of produ- production at the running back position holding on to Delvin Cook seems like the best best road. And I guess you just keep your fingers crossed that he finds his way into a situation where he can be useful and then maybe parlay that into a new contract next year if he were to hit free agency uh, on opening day. Uh, man, it's a rough position. There is a trickle-down effect, though. Now we have Alexander Madison, who takes a big bump in value. The expectation in Minnesota is that he's going to He's going to be the Delvin Cook of that offense. He's going to be the guy that's on the field mostly uh, compared to those young guys that you mentioned, Chandler and McBride. Uh, I think uh, Nwongu is still there as well, although he's a special teams guy. Uh, So, you know, the first thing I think of, Matt, is we've seen Madison step into that starting role in the past for one, two or three weeks at a time when Cook was injured over the last few years. And we've seen him fill those shoes well. In fact, he looks a lot like Delvin Cook and puts up numbers a lot like Delvin Cook. But we've never really seen him play that full-time role for an extended period. So the first question I have is, is, is he going to be able to hold up to that wear and tear? And then secondly, in Minnesota, if you really look at the entire league, and I think you alluded to it there with Delvin Cook, if there's a landing spot for one of these veteran running backs that still remain on the market... Minnesota seems like a premier one uh, if, if, a, if, if a specific running back is willing to take a lower salary and share a backfield.
0: Yeah, there's just so many names out there. And, you know, we, we all know them with, with Zeke and Hun, Fournette and Gordon and, and these guys. Uh, Gordon may be a little lesser than those other th- other yeah, four guys out right there, right? But, but a lot, yeah. Uh, so, you know, it, it's just going to be interesting because they did only sign him to a one-year deal. Like you said, we haven't seen it for an extended period of time, but Madison did average – uh, just over 20 fantasy points per game and games where he played and Dalvin did not play, so it seems like he's going to be the bell cow guy. But behind them are a couple of interesting guys. Ty, Ty Chandler is is a really interesting player from last year's class, and Dwayne McBride was one of the best you know runners in this class. But you know he had more fumbles than he did receptions the entire <laughs> his entire collegiate career, right? So he's a little bit of a question mark too. But you do wonder if these two can fill a void if something was ha- to happen to Madison. I still think they're going to add somebody on the cheap. You know, maybe after training camp Kip uh, gets out, there's, there's some veteran still out there that that wants to to take a shot on. Um, but I, I don't know how you're playing the stand. Like for Madison right now, he seemed. I mean, his value has jumped a, a, a huge amount. Like it's it's it's, and it's obvious that it's deserved, right? I've seen him go in the fourth and fifth round of of redraft leagues on underdogs and things like that at this point, where he was going in the eight to ten round before the news. Um, and we kind of already knew this was happening. It should have been kind of priced in, I think, but I just don't know, like for those kind of prices, there are, there are several instances in the trade finder of him going for a 2024 first round pick. I think even on a strong contender, I might be willing to take, uh, take, take that kind of price for Madison and just cash out at this point and then take, come back in and maybe take cheaper shots with those two guys behind them.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. I'm taking any of those first round running backs this year over Alexander Madison. Uh, So if I can get a pick that can get me one of those guys or or even any of those wide receivers, I I really think I'm willing to do a package deal too, where I'm taking like a high second plus a player that that has the potential to gain some value or that I really like. I could see a deal like that as well. I'm I'm moving on from Madison at this point as well. I, I You know, it's not like it's deserved, but he is a running back, and running backs get hurt. This is this is his one shot. If he happens to go down, miss a big chunk of the season, they're going to move on from him relatively quickly. And we all remember back to a couple of years ago, or or a couple of months ago, when he signed that contract. It was only a two year deal. I think they gave him seven million dollars with a chunk guaranteed. But those are the types of contracts they want to give a running back: short term, uh, medium uh, investment, I would say. And they want to see what they got with him. He's still relatively young. I think he's going to be 25 here next month, so he he's a pretty young young player. But that value is just too high to be honest with you for you not to cash out at this point. Especially if somebody's offering any first round pick, I'd be doing the same thing as well. Um, I guess uh, that's probably enough about the Vikings for these two Packer fans. Let's uh, let's move on. <laughs> Let's talk trade. You know, Delvin's going to end up in like Cleveland or Chicago or something. You know, he's going to go somewhere just, and, he's and just, just pour gonna... cold water all over something.
0: Just that's what it feels. That's what it really feels like. You know, everybody that we're ex- backfields that we're excited about, it just feels like he's going to come in and make things worse for everybody.
1: Uh, There are some veteran running backs that we are considering targeting, though, especially for contenders. If you think you're a player away, this is specific to mostly two running back leagues where you're where you're forced to start that second running back and you need that that forces you to get depth. Um, Because typically I would say, Matt, if you play in an open league, one, 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 one and a bunch of flexes or in a league where you're only required to start one running back or no running backs, we typically try to try to build that team heavily around wide receivers and the other positions before even going after some of these vets. But these running backs might be able to help you out. We, we started at the top kind of uh, Matt and I'll throw out the one name. That's really the most obvious one. I would say it's probably, his name has probably been on this list for years and that's Derek Henry, a guy that, you know if you if you follow dynasty closely you don't usually invest in 29 year old running backs but henry can handle a workload he's shown it he's in an offense where um where honestly he is the bell cow he's he's really the offense and they want to turn around and hand it to him up to 30 times a game so i like his price point right now he's a mid rb2 at rb16 in our most recent ADP, I, that really feels like uh, a good place to be. Um, the investment's going to be light. And if you can get your hands on Derrick Henry, just like any other year, um, I, I'm fine going after the this old guy. I guess he's RB17, I misquoted that.
0: Yeah, I, I guess my... I think at a startup, maybe if you're going that win now approach, I think that works out uh, at that ADP. But the trade value, I still don't think you're getting him for less than a first. Like he just has that... He just he's just that player that everybody you nobody wants to move unless you're getting a first form. And at 29-year-old, I don't I don't think I'm taking that uh kind of plunge. That's why I went with a, a different, you know, kind of a high-end guy with, with Nick Chubb. Uh somebody who it seems like the the runway is so clear, at least to me, feels like the runway is so clear for him to have like a truly elite season that Nick Chubb can have with Kareem Hunt uh, out the door. We have just Jerome Ford really uh, as the as the next guy up behind him. Um, improved Cook offense in a few weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Cook in a few weeks. Don't don't do that, Dan. Uh, I want to go buy Nick Chubb, and now you're making me not want to. Uh, But you know, improved offense with you know presumably Deshaun Watson is going to be a lot better. We hope than he was last season and his limited action. He did have two of those six games and just really ter- just really terrible weather. He has upgraded weapons. Maybe they still are in the DeAndre Hopkins sweepstakes. So it just seems like it's going to be Chubb, the, the maybe the best best talent around Chubb that he's ever had in his career. Um, so I'm excited to buy Nick Chubb at this point. Uh, in the trade finder, I've seen a couple of deals that seem pretty cheap to me. Uh, Cam Akers and Romeo Dubs for Nick Chubb, Miles Sanders. And Miles Sanders, De- Devin Singletary, and Amari Cooper for Nick Chubb, a 2024 first and second. That's a little bit more than I would re- like to get him for a single first, but I do think you're going to have to pay a little bit more than a first to, to get him in most situations. But I think I yeah, would I- rather do that than pay for, for Henry.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't mind the Chubb thing. I, I think it's a little it's a it's a good call because you're buying a couple extra years. He's only twenty-seven, uh whereas Henry's twenty nine. He is a little bit more expensive at RB fourteen in our in our most recent ADP. Those prices suggest these two guys will probably probably cost about the same. So if you're if you're willing to invest maybe just a little bit more and go get Chubb, I can see that path just like you can. I just, I'm a little surprised you went with him though, Matt, because he doesn't have a history as a pass catcher. He's not a guy that's, that's going to help you a lot in PPR. So he's going to have to do it all on the ground. And the Browns offense likes to hand it to him 20, 21 times a game. Whereas Henry can see it 30 times a game and has that, that upside at the goal line as well. So a couple of high end options for those out there looking for maybe an RB1 or, or uh a, a, light investment but rb1 production potentially this year if we go down the list just a little bit you don't want to spend quite that much matt you got a name for our, for our listeners there
0: yeah i wouldn't want one i i think works for i think it could work for contenders and and you know middle of the road kind of teams maybe even rebuilders i went with damian pierce the the second year uh, running back in houston the team should be better um again it's another player that seems like he has you know, the keys to the kingdom, so to speak, It is not a lot of competition really behind him. They brought in Devin Singletary, which I don't know, is going to play a similar role, right? But Damian Pierce, I believe, is a better pass catcher. He showed that last year in his rookie season. And Singletary's never really been that guy uh, in Buffalo. So I think it's not out of the question that Pierce could have, uh, you know, the, the lion's share of that workload. And he's cheap, too, uh, for for a player that people were excited about last season. Greg Dulch is straight up. George Pickens, I think you could probably go either way on that one. I like Pickens too, but uh, I think it's a fair price for Pierce. So 107 for Pierce and the 112. So you grab Pierce and, uh, you know, probably another a decent wide receiver running back there at the 112. Maybe it's Charbonnet or A-Chain just for that moving back five spots in the first. So he's a reasonable price right now. And he's somebody who can you can probably count on for multiple seasons, not just in 2023.
1: Yeah, I like that one. If you if you hadn't beat me to the punch picking uh picking these buys, these guys we're we're trying to trade for, I would have listed Damian Pierce as well. I think everybody that listens to the show knows I'm a big fan, and I I actually think he has the upside to take the next step as long as that offense takes the next step somehow, and and they may do that with the new coaching staff and the young quarterback and. And uh, I would say at least a little more experience on the offensive line to potentially open up holes for for Damian Pierce. So I like that one a lot. I went with another older guy, uh, same range as far at least as far as ADP mm-hmm. goes. I went with Packers running back Aaron Jones, who comes in at RB twenty two, but his production is has been much better, much quite a bit uh, better than. Um, low end rb 2 which is what you're paying at least in a startup he's 28 years old. Um, i would I would venture to say he's a young 28 years old. his early early production early opportunities weren't great in Green Bay. Now he might not be long for Green Bay there might be there's a chance he they could move on from Jones a year from now. but if you're truly a contender, Jones comes pretty cheap. I mentioned the RB22 in startups. Um, You can get them in the trade market. I saw a trade for straight up for Isaiah Pacheco. That's a, that's a deal I would do if I'm a contender, I think Um, I saw another deal straight up for Calvin Ridley. If you need that help at running back, I could see that happening. In fact, a couple of those types of deals, Jerome Ford in a second, Um, really a a handful of second round pick plus a, plus a younger player. Uh, Jerome Ford was one. Elijah Mitchell was another one that I saw. So, um, if you're looking for a little cheaper option than those other names we've mentioned, I feel like Jones, that offense is going to run through him quite a bit in 2023. Um, again, questions about 2024 and beyond, but if you need a guy for this year to truly make that run, I think Aaron Jones could be a good one. Uh, yeah. Matt, you got me again with the next one that you listed. Uh, so I'm just going to take it from you. I'm choosing Damian Heron Now, <laughs> Go ahead, Matt. <laughs>
0: Uh, well, I was just going to say on Jones, yeah, I love that pick. He was definitely in consideration for me, too. I think that's a that's a great buy at this time. You know, it's a young quarterback, and I just think they're going to rely on that running game. Drafted both to two tight ends. I think we're going to see some 13 personnel out there with both of those guys, uh, and, and Jones is going to take advantage of that. Um, yeah, I went with Damian Harris, and this is really just like – He's just so cheap, and you can just see – I mean, I, I don't know about you, Dan, but I can just see him doing similar to what he did in, I believe it was 2021, when he had about 15 rushing touchdowns. Didn't do a whole lot in the passing game. Didn't quite get to a uh, 1,000 rushing yards. I believe it was like 950, 960, something like that. Um, but that touchdown equity, and he's in a better offense, and he's in a in an offense that has just been starving for – a bigger uh, kind of power, no-nonsense no kind of power back, right? So I, I can just see a, another double-digit touchdown from, from Harris, kind of a boring season from him. Everybody wants to target James Cook uh, the second year back there. He was the more exciting player, certainly but the better pass catcher of the two, and is probably going to get a, a, a bigger run than he did in his rookie season for sure. I just think Harris is going to be the guy there on the end zone and at the end zone on the goal line, and I think you are going to have to compete with Josh Allen's rushing touchdowns. You know, that's always a concerned with these quarterbacks who rush but we have seen some indications that maybe they don't want him to do that so much anymore and preserve their franchise quarterbacking and stuff and maybe harris is that guy that's going to be able to do that for him so i think you can get him for a third round pick in a lot of there there is a 3.09 and wince for damian harris in a super flex league recently a 2024 fourth for damian harris in a one quarterback league recently so he's just real cheap right now Uh, And if I can add that kind of touchdown equity opportunity to a contending team where I just need to plug him in probably on, on bye weeks or or as an injury kind of safety valve, uh, I really like grabbing Damian Harris there.
1: Yeah. I like that as well with the expectation that he's, he's your RB three flex guy. He's he's a guy that's rotating in and out of your lineup when you need him. As long as the expectations are that, you know, the, Over the last few years, Devin Singletary has been that type of player on that roster. And and we've seen him get between 150 and 188 carries in each of the last four seasons. He averages about four and a half uh, yards per carry and scores between, you know, like four and seven touchdowns each year. So I think Devin, Devin, uh, excuse me, Damian Harris is a upgrade on Devin Singletary. Even though the contract... Wasn't really all that impressive. I think it was one year, under $2 million. Harris is in line for some valuable touches. And even if he only gets 180 carries and isn't a a big part of the passing game, you could see him being very flex-worthy and giving up a third-round pick seems like a, a nice move for that. Um, I added Samaj P. Ryan to my list, Matt, and I know a lot of dynasty managers probably think, "Oh, that sounds great for the first few weeks." Uh, what happens when Javante's back? But I, I really like the contract that they gave Samaj P. Ryan, and he feels like a Sean Payton type of tailback, a guy that can play on all three downs and be really a a weapon out of the backfield as a pass catcher. They made a point to go get P. Ryan. I think Peyton probably has a very uh, specific role for P Ryan to play inside of that offense, whether they have Javante Williams or not. So I, I see, I see some big upside in those first handful of weeks when, when Javante on the sideline, but I think there's, there's a role for him uh, from weeks one, all the way through uh, the end of the season and into the playoffs because P Ryan has has a skill set that honestly um, Peyton has used inside of running backs for a long, long time. He's rotated running backs for years, and P Ryan seems more like his kind of guy than even Javante Williams, to be honest.
0: Yeah, I love that one. Uh, like after everybody was wrong on on Samaje P Ryan last year, uh, like he he seems like just such a value right now. Even though everybody knows it's coming, he still seems like a value. Uh, and I think spending like a late second round pick on him is a really
1: nice use of that capital. Yeah, we're talking about RB forty four. I think in the most yeah. recent, ADP. maybe it won't even
0: cost you a second. I don't know. He might even like...
1: not cost you a second. You might be able to get him for a couple of thirds. Trade a trade a veteran receiver that you're not going to need if you need to need to find a flex guy. Uh, I don't mind that P Ryan one. You got another name for us here, Matt.
0: Yeah, I got uh, Jalen Warren. Uh, I mean, I, I think maybe this is a hot takey. I don't know. But I think there are, were stretches of last season where Jalen Warren outplayed Najee Harris. I thought Najee Harris was pretty disappointing last season after, you know, his rookie campaign was a success, but it was all volume based. Right. And it was Ben Roethlisberger led where there were lots of dump off passes. And the offense is just different now. And Jalen Warren is a better receiving back. I think than 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 Najee Harris. So this is kind of a play on 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 kind of a hedge on on Najee kind of sucking again and 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 Jalen Warren, uh, you know, becoming more involved in that offense. He's just he, he's so much fun to watch. He's physical. He's he's only five eight, but he's two hundred and fifteen pounds. He's just like a like a little bowling ball that's that's running over people that he shouldn't be running over, catching passes. Um, so I really like him. And again, he's he's cheap. He might even be cheaper. Uh, than, than Pirine at this point and Damian Harris. I think you'd probably get him for a couple of thirds. That's in the trade finder. Mike Kosicki, straight up for him in the trade finder. So this is both, uh, you know, a, a, a play on on Najee not being as good. And, you know, if if something does happen to Najee Harris injury-wise, then I think he would be the first man up. I'm not sure he would get all of the work if Najee were, were to go down, but I think he would be the the first option there in the backfield. So I want to grab him now before – Uh, that kind of gets out there.
1: Yeah, I I don't mind that one. I have Jalen Warren on a handful of teams because I liked him coming out of college and I certainly liked what he did in the preseason a year ago. He, he flashed a few times in season as well. I could see him taking a step forward and being, being a better sophomore back than he was even as a rookie and maybe even wedging his way into that workload that Harris has had in the past. I kind of think Foreman's going to get the first crack at that thing at first and second down duties. We've seen him handle that role in the past. I could see him having a nice season. And again, the price is darn near free for Foreman.
0: Yeah. And he's been so impressive the last two seasons with Carolina and Tennessee before that, and in relief of um and in relief of derrick henry of course in tennessee and and you know in in, in carolina really part of a, a lead part of lead part of a committee right with chuba hubbard who was my last name on this list we'll get to in a second but you know after after christian McCaffrey moved on at deonta foreman it was you wanted him in your lineup basically every single week. So uh, it is crowded in Chicago and you have fields running the ball all over the place. Uh, but it does seem like he can make an impact there and, and could easily, like it's not an insurmount, insurmountable depth chart by any means. Um, but the last guy I went with nice the throw in. Was, is
1: Forman. yes. a nice throw-in on a trade. These, these last few names, in fact, that we've been mentioning here, uh, try to get them added to a deal, especially uh, Williams, Foreman, and the guy you're about to mention, Chuba.
0: Yeah, Chuba Hubbard. And again, this is, just, again, another play on like just injury insurance. You know, like I like to grab the, the backups of other teams. I don't have a ton of Miles Sanders. Still have a, a him on a couple of teams. I'm certainly not moving him for the prices uh, that he's going right now for right now. But Hubbard, you know, he played well in a committee two years in a row. Uh, and if something did happen to, uh, to uh, Miles Sanders, which, you know, we, we know that he hasn't been the picture of health throughout his career. So there, there is definitely a scenario where Chuba Hubbard is a starting running back and for, again, pennies, a, a third, maybe a couple of thirds, uh, maybe a, like a complete throw in, like you said, Dan, maybe on the waiver wire in, in some like really shallow leagues, right? Um, just somebody who's very cheap and could prove uh, and provide
1: big dividends in the right scenario. You mentioned Sanders' name. I gotta say, I considered putting him on the list, yeah, considering for the price sure. that uh, that some people are getting for him. I, I'm I'm really shocked. You see him traded for like a late a second, second and a yeah. late third or something like yeah. that. And if that's all you're getting, you might as well hold on to Miles Sanders. He's going to be the guy. Uh, and if if you can get him for that, honestly, maybe you should consider him. We didn't mention him here, but but he would be yeah. a target I like, I if you that. need a vet uh, for this year. Speaking of vets, dude. Any of those guys that are that are out there on the waiver wire right now in the NFL that you're considering trying to make a move on if you can get them for real cheap, the the guys like, like Cook and Zeke and Kareem Hunt, uh, Leonard Fournette, any of those guys worth uh, trying to grab cheap?
0: I don't know. I just I, – I don't know. I mean, no one's going to sell them for a third, and I don't want to pay more than a third outside of Cook. I mean, Cook is a little bit, I think, is above those guys at this point. Um, I still think Fournette and Hunt are probably going to be in the league. I think Zeke is probably going to be in the league but we're going to have to wait a little while and I want to know more information before I, I know I'm going to have to pay a little bit more but the prices of these guys are, are never going to go above that second round pick ever again like that's the maximum you're ever going to have to pay for Zeke or Hunter or for and I threw Gordon on here he's probably not even going to be in the league this year but um, I don't think so I think I want more information and at that point if it's in a good spot and I think they're going to have a significant workload maybe I'll go after him but I think I'm going to stay away for now and if they're on my roster I'm certainly just going to hold them I don't think I'm going to sell them for a third myself so um yeah. I think I, I would buy
1: I'd buy for a third if you know I know you mentioned you're no you're, nobody's gonna do that most likely but I'd be willing to throw that offer out there for Leonard Fournette or even Zeke just to add them to the depth chart and hope for the best I, I think they're I'm with you I think all three of those guys Zeke Hunt and Fournette are going to be in the NFL and I think they're going to be getting carries uh it's just they're just waiting for they want that. One year, two million, fully guaranteed deal, in you know, later in the off season, uh, we'll see if they get anything
0: like I, that. I I tried this move last year in a, in, in several spots with uh, Will Fuller, and it didn't work. Yeah, out. he never. How, how's that he feel never, now? Uh, he, he never <laughs> went to the league, so I think I'm a little burnt by these free agent guys that seem like they're going to play and then maybe just don't. Oh,
1: Will Fuller, that that seems like ages ago, buddy. <laughs> you know, you were drafting under.
0: Dynasty <laughs> Rankings.
1: Yeah, let's talk some Dynasty Rankings and focus on these young guys and might as well stick with the running backs. We're going to do the 2022 and 2023 rookie running back class tiers. Uh, and I, I think I can speak um, for both of us, Matt, when, when the top tier is pretty clear. It's Bijan, and I'm not even sure there's a contender to be listed with him.
0: I don't think there is. I think if Hall hadn't had that injury, then maybe we could talk about sure. him. And if Gibbs really has, I mean, we're in the lying season. We all know this. And the reports for Gibbs are just, you know, they're so uh, flowery. Like he's being used <laughs> all over the field and every he's playing every wide receiver position. He's playing every running. He's playing the offense. He's playing tight end. He's, he's just everywhere. And so if these things do come true, maybe he has a chance to get up there with that. Uh, PBR upside that, you know, even Bijan, I don't think necessarily has that kind of ceiling from a reception standpoint. I think there's a chance he could get there, but no, right now it's just Bijan. It's Bijan in a world of his own.
1: Yeah, he's in a world of his own. And and honestly, he is in ADP as well. You know, um, already the RB1 fourth overall and, and, uh, you know, a, a few picks in front of any other running back. It feels like it's Bijan's world and we're just living in it um tier two though you mentioned the names it's Brees Hall it's Gibbs these guys have premier upside elite type upside Hall's already shown it in the league Gibbs is already getting those sparkling reviews and we're only in through rookie minicamp really um these guys are are cut above the rest of the names out of these last two classes
0: yeah, absolutely. For all the reasons I mentioned, not quite on Bijan's level, but clearly ahead of the next tier. Like I, I think the I almost feel like the gap between Bijan and these two guys is smaller than the gap between the tier two guys and tier three.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. And, and Brees yeah, okay. and Jameer Gibbs are are piled in there right along the the fringe of round one. Brees Hall at nine overall. Jameer Gibbs down there at 14, you could see these guys contending with Bijan at some point, if their season goes well, maybe if Bijan has a slow start, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be crazy to see Brees Hall back up there in the top five in ADP or Gibbs to make that type of jump. The only reason there's a tier difference and they're all still 21 years old. Brees Hall doesn't turn 22 till next month. Um, The only reason there's a tier difference is because of those expectations with Bijan that we've had for so many years. So Tier one and two are in the books and that pretty much covers the first couple rounds of ADP. In fact, probably the first three rounds unless uh, uh, I might be missing one name in here. After that, you have to consider these, these Seattle running backs. We got Devin A-Chain to talk about. And then you just mentioned Damian Pierce in the last segment, Matt. These guys are, are all guys we're excited to see on the field again. We certainly want them on our rosters and, even want them in our lineups every single week, potentially Um, anybody else beyond those, those Seattle guys and those other two names that you'd consider for tier three.
0: I don't think so. I, I played with where I landed too. I mean like the the two closest guys for me, and it's only because of their situation and that we think they're going to get a lot of work are, are Pacheco Pacheco and Rashad white, but they just don't feel like the same caliber of player. As those tier three guys. In fact, if if Charbonnet hadn't landed where Walker is, Walker would probably be in a tier tier two, and maybe Charbonnet too, depending on where he might have landed without uh, another stud back there. So yeah, I just think the gap here is is too big for these guys to. You know, if, if 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 Rashad White comes out and he's the bell cow all season long, and Pacheco is the bell cow all season long, which I don't think either of those things are going to happen, then they have an argument to be there. But right now, it just seems like the chasm is too wide.
1: Yeah. I went, I went back and forth with Rashad White. That was the name that I was really considering putting inside this tier. And and you're right. It's all because of that opportunity. Um, The expectation at this point is that white is going to be maybe even a three down back and a guy that could be a focus inside of that offense, both in the running game and as a pass catcher and ADP suggests he should be involved in this, in this tier. In fact, he his ADP is higher than Damian Pierce. So, hmm. you know, uh he comes in at 57 overall, RB18 and and Pierce is down there a full round later at RB20 and uh 70 overall. So, I I thought long and hard about White. You know, I don't know if we saw enough to be honest. And I know they were a veteran team and they were trying to trying to get everything out of Leonard Fournette to try to make that one more run. Pierce took over, or excuse me, White took over a little bit late in the season and in the playoffs, but it wasn't like he grabbed hold of that job and did anything that would make you say, wow, that's the guy that could turn into an RB one for dynasty manager someday. That's what's holding me back from adding White. As far as the, the names that we list here, if there's a if there's a guy among these four that you really want to target, that you absolutely want your t- want on your team between Walker, Charbonnet, uh Pierce and A-Chain, who's that guy for you? Uh,
0: this is tough because the, my brain just says just go for Pierce because he I think he I think he just has a clear path to all of the work. Uh the competition is less for him than I think the other three backs are. Um but I mean I, I, I I think Sharbin, or excuse me, uh A chain is the most special of the three players, and he's the guy that I really want on all of my rosters. Um, but he's he's like he's he's an upside play, right? Pierce is the one that yeah. I think is guaranteed to score points for us this year and be in our lineup. So I think it has to be him if we're only gonna pick one of these guys.
1: Right. And the murky the murkiness that is everything in Seattle with these two young running backs that are so good or we expect to be so good that just keeps you from mentioning their names as the primary or the premier guy among that group. I'm with you. A-Chain, he just stands out on every list that I see. You know, there's those players from time to time, Matt, that we look back and say, man, why wasn't I buying? What, what did, what was I thinking? He He, he did all the things, you know, and, and I get it. He's too small, but he's too fast too. And too fast translates sometimes. If he, if it hits, it might hit real big.
0: Yeah, I mean it's an absolute risk. I like I recognize that you have to be okay with that. You know the, the fact that this could be a, a draft pick that you make or a trade that you make that could completely be a zero, even as early as next year. Um, but I just think the talent is so special that I'm willing to overlook the the outlier kind of stuff, like with his weight uh, and it, the the fit is just so good. It's the perfect system for him. The, the competition is there and backs that have been used and we know have been successful in McDaniel's system but they're old and I don't, maybe it's just because they're not exciting, but it just seems like a chain, if he is given the opportunity is going to crush in that scenario, even with those other guys there.
1: So we're through three tiers now and we've had eight names come off and there there's listeners, no doubt out there right now saying, wait a minute, Matt, Dan, slow your roll. I haven't heard Isaiah Pacheco's name. That's a, that's an, that's a big name and a big spot and a premier offense. And we want to get pieces of it. I push Pacheco down just a little bit because honestly, I don't trust it. It doesn't feel maybe real. Isn't the word right word because he did put it on film. He played well a year ago, but you know, the chiefs are not a team that that highlights that running game and uses that runner in, in that way, consistently, that pushed him down to the top of the next tier. The other name that certainly stands out that we haven't mentioned that some listeners are probably saying, what about my guy, James Cook, man, James Cook, he, there are things to like about him, but again, like Pacheco, he's in an offense that, that doesn't necessarily use their running back. They like to split time with running backs a lot like the chiefs do. And, 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 he's not going to get a goal line role because they have a thumper with Damian Harris, who you talked about before, and and the ultimate thumper with Josh Allen as their, as their quarterback. So that those are probably the reasons that these guys are pushed down. But with that, that all said, I like these names. These are guys that I want on my teams and I'm certainly willing to use if the, if Mm -hmm. the time is right, but we're in the flex range of our starting lineups. We're certainly not talking about RB2s.
0: I mean, I I think, I think I think Cook. I mean, I think there's a scenario where Cook could be a running back too for fantasy, but he you don't want him starting as your running back too. That's why I think. Maybe, I mean, I, we put them all in the same tier for, for obvious reasons. I think with re- speaking specifically about Rashad White and Isaiah Pacheco, but their situation is just different. They have a guaranteed workload, or at least it seems mm-hmm. that way. Pacheco has his warts because they re-signed McKinnon, and we know what McKinnon does. He takes all of the passing work. He scores a lot of touchdowns near the goal line because Patrick Mahomes' newsflash is a really good quarterback, and he throws the ball near the goal line because that's probably his best chance to score a touchdown on a drive. Um, so he doesn't have the ceiling. It doesn't feel like like the guys in the next tier do. But James Cook, I think, does have that ceiling. He just doesn't have that guaranteed workload. So I agree with you. Uh, they're in the same tier for for different reasons. Uh, but if Cook hits, he's going hit, to get hit much, much bigger than Pacheco or Rashad White will.
1: The next names that have to be included in this tier four, along with those names we were just talking about, you, you have to mention these rookies with Roshan Johnson Kendra Miller, especially, he, he got he got a couple seconds of consideration for tier three. It was one of those things where I was I was thinking if I'm adding James Cook, if I'm adding Rashad White to that tier, if I'm adding Pacheco, I might add Kendra Miller as well. Yeah. Um, and then Ty J Spears. These rookies feel like locks for this t- tier to me.
0: Yeah, I agree. These these guys all belong there. They're not on the same level as, as Pierce Walker, A-Chain, and Charbonnet, but they're they're right there in the next. And all of these guys have uh, feature back ability. Whether it's Spears, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, obviously the the whatever the ACO concerns or lack thereof. Uh, Roshan, I think, has the the three down skill set. Kendra certainly has the ski, three down skill set. Maybe not the not, not not the receiving shops that we like to see, but can play on all three downs. Uh, so all of these guys belong there. Uh, Tank Bigsby. I mean, I just, we saw, I, threw him in this tier. I did too. And I think that he is going to take away more from uh, ETN than, than maybe we, we necessarily believe at this, at this junction as a community, as a whole, like he just seems like the player that could come in and, and be the early down guy. And, and he's good as a receiver too. He's the slasher. He can do all of the things that ETN does. He's not quite the, as athletic as ETN is, but last season, before they, before they handed the ball to ETN, it was James Robinson getting the run. And maybe that was advertisement for him to get out of there and then actually get a pick for him, which they, with the Jets gave, a, gave a, a draft pick for him, right? Maybe it was just an audition role for that. But he was not the lead guy to start the season. And if they want that multi-back offense, then I think Tank Bigsby could be fantasy relevant this year. And he's, he's one of the candidates, I think, that could easily jump up into Tier 3 with those other four backs.
1: The last name I had in this tier was Brian Robinson of Washington, and and that's really just uh, related to the opportunity he's going to have once yep. again this season. That that coaching staff pretty much proved that they're they're willing to roll with him. We'll see how how long that lasts, but I thought that was enough to include him. Did you have any other names in this tier, Matt?
0: i i think the only one other one i had in there was chase brown which is a tier below for you and it's just uh it's really just a play on on you know whether mixon is either ineffective or gets hurt i think he'll be the next guy up or if mixon like we talked at the top of the show is another cap casualty like uh um, Dalvin Cook was, then he, he seems like he could step, step into a big role there. You know, Travion Williams is getting some buzz in Cincinnati. We haven't really seen anything from him, so I'm not sure I get that buzz. We were all excited about uh, Chris Evans last season. That turned into a yeah. big nothing. So so maybe Brown has something there. He has the athleticism. Um but it's just a pl- really a play on that situation, the uncertainty that we have with it. But I, I think it's fine to put him in uh, below these guys too. I think he certainly is below them on a talent standpoint.
1: Yeah, and I, I put him in tier five, but he's probably towards the top of the next tier for me and for the reasons that you mentioned there. I just wasn't willing to make that step forward with Chase Brown there in Cincinnati. If there's a guy in that next tier, in tier five, now that we're through really all of the players I would say that have big time roles or are in line to potentially get bigger time roles down the road. If there's a guy in tier five, that's the headliner for you. Who would that be?
0: I think there's a few, but if you want me to pick one, I'm going to say Eric gray. We had news today that Saquon is pretty unhappy. That sitting out is on the table. And I don't, I mean, I don't know if he actually is. Nobody really does. Maybe they, don't maybe they just come to terms and it's a nothing, but like behind Saquon is not exciting. Is Matt Breida still there? Gary Brightwell, these guys are not, uh, not players that uh, inspire confidence and, 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 Eric Gray, he showed. I think he showed a lot on tape. He he's a, a smooth runner. He's a, a dynamic runner. He can catch the ball. He can do, you know, seventy five percent of the things that, that Saquon Barkley could do on the field if they were to give him that opportunity. So it, it's really just that the uncertainty of that situation that's kind of calling him out to me.
1: Yeah, I actually didn't even include Gray in this tier. I pushed him all the way down to tier six. So um, maybe maybe a differential there. Um, I would say. I would say the names that jump out to me, or if, if I had to pick one name, it actually probably still have to be Tyler Algier. Uh, and that's kind of boring. That's That might sound kind of gross because we, we did mention Bijan as the the top guy easily and the only guy in tier one. But, he, again, you know, I hate to say it, knock on wood and everything, but Algier is only one injury away from doing, again, what he did as a rookie and having that, Having that primary role once again, and at the very least, he proved to be adequate, um, maybe a little better than average uh, in that role. So we could see some kind of production there. Um, and maybe that parlays into something else down the roll. Beyond that, and- I had a handful of other names. I'm, I'm not sure that any really jump off as absolute slam dunks in tier five
0: uh just real quick on Algier I I agree with you because even and he could I think there's a chance I mean it's a very small chance that he has some kind of standalone value with as much as they ran the ball last year if they run the ball 550 times they're going to need somebody other than Bijan to take some of that work Uh, you think they're going to be more pass heavy but we don't really know what we have with Desmond Ritter yet and I'm pretty uh trepidatious about that situation um I think we have to throw uh uh Dwayne McBride and Ty Chandler in here for reasons we just discussed at the top of the show. Uh, I think we have to talk a little bit about Samir White. Uh, I know you were a big fan of his last season, didn't really come to fruition, uh, but still really just Josh Jacobs ahead of him and Josh Jacobs has had injury concerns. He's, you know, so I, I think that's something. And then the, the, the Rams guys with Kyron Williams behind Cam, Cam, uh, Cam Akers and Zach Evans, the the rookie, who I also know you're a big fan of. So these guys that are in situations where they're just really an injury away, like these guys, have to be uh, on your, your 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 speed dial, so to speak.
1: Yeah, they're they're all the names that pretty much littered my tier five as well. The only other ones I I need to mention here, I put Izzy Abanda in this in this tier. Uh, I know he didn't get the draft capital, certainly didn't get the landing spot, playing behind another one of those top-tier guys in Brees Hall. But uh, I could see him easily becoming that RB2 in that offense. And as Hall did last year, if that were to happen, perhaps Izzy Abanakanda um, puts enough on film that makes him a more valuable dynasty asset down the road. But guys like guys like Isaiah Spiller and, and Zamir White and Kyron Williams, those really are – that's all projection-based – and yeah. if we if we move on to tier six, and you mentioned those Viking guys as well, those, those certainly are worthy names. Tier six is full of everything being pro, pro, uh, projection-based. There aren't yeah. a lot of names inside of here where we can point to anything that they've done in the NFL or even at the high level in college that would make us say these guys should have been considered earlier. Is there a name that really jumps off to you in tier six?
0: Uh no, I, I want to say Mohammed Ibrahim. Yeah, that because. was the one
1: for me too. I kind of okay. like him a little bit.
0: Yeah, like if if this David Montgomery thing doesn't work out, and he's been somebody who hasn't been super durable. I mean, he's been durable, but he's he's definitely missed time during the season, right? And if Gibbs, we we have issues with his size, if he's getting used everywhere and he gets dinged up, Ibrahim's right there. Uh, I think I think maybe uh, spoiler guy. What's his name? Craig Craig. Wilson, Craig, Wright, Craig oh, yeah. Wright. He's on the right, roster still, I believe. Um, and uh, he showed up last season, but I, I I would think that Abraham would be able to overtake him. So he's again, a play, a, a hedge on, on injury situations that were for
1: an exciting team um, that we really like. Yeah. Any name we mention right here, there's going to be three or four ifs, right? Well, if yeah, this I, happens, if this yeah, guy gets exactly. hurt, if he grabs hold of the opportunity, all those types of things, Um, other names I threw in here I put Ty David Price or Davis Price in there I added Pierre Strong maybe he gets a hold of that pass catching role in New England um, and that turns into something Keontae Ingram for a flash for a minute was something down there in Arizona maybe maybe that turns into something down the road he is old and and could wear down Uh, I like Toss on Haskins coming out of college he didn't do a thing as a as a rookie. Um, and then I put Deuce Vaughn in there as well. Uh, among a couple other names, anybody else you think worthy of mention in here, Matt?
0: Um, I think a guy, did uh, I, am sorry. I spaced for a second. Did you mention Evan Hall? I think he's also just an injury away from a significant workload. We know he is athletic. He pretty much crushed the combines, got a nice receiving uh, skill set as well. He'd be the yeah. uh, one, another one that stands out. Deneric Prince, I mean, he's got the landing spot, right? If Pacheco falters, he's a physical, speed back. Uh, Prince is, and he showed up at the combine, so maybe uh, you know uh, the very last guy on your roster, kind of, kind of uh, play is, would be Deneric Prince. I did have Tyon Evans here. Um, I kind of didn't see the news that he moved to Carolina after some, and maybe has some off the field troubles. I, I thought I'd throw him in there with the Rams backs, but he's he's moved on to Carolina at this point. And it doesn't seem like he seems like he may not make a roster at this point.
1: Yeah, those those are a few names that like you mentioned last guy on your roster, you're trying to find somebody to fill that spot. Um that puts him maybe there should have been a seventh here inside of here to to differentiate, but really you're sure. throwing you're throwing darts at this point um, when you're filling out your roster down here. So man, we covered a lot of running backs on this episode. I should have kept track, but we had to have hit 30, 35 running backs on the show and, and it feels good to get through it. Cause now we can do it for wide receivers. One of these weeks, <laughs> um, Ryan's away, but he's supposed to be back next week uh, for Matt. I'm Dan. Thanks for listening to this episode of the DLF dynasty podcast. We'll catch you again next week. Thank you for listening to the DLF Dynasty podcast. Please remember to rate and review and subscribe wherever you get your podcast.